We're going to be okay. If y'all want to, uh, have a seat, and we're going to dive into the Word a little bit this evening. How are things? How are things going? How, how many weeks are we into the semester? Like four? Why does it feel like 20? That's my question. Why does it feel like 20 weeks into the semester already? Well, again, I'm delighted to be with you. I'm glad we got to meet in Wimberley last week. You know, I, I kind of had a rule. If it's going to be under 45 degrees, I'm like, yeah, we should, we should go to Wimberley. And then today I looked at the forecast. And I was like, 43, that'll be fine. Everybody's fine. It's fine. 43 is fine. It's not fine. It's cold. I can't feel my legs. I can't feel my toes. It's cold. So we're going to stick to the program from here on out, okay? Deal? Yeah! Okay. One person that's excited. That's good. All right. Well, I got to tell you, so Paulina is not feeling well, which is sad. And she was supposed to teach today, so I found out that I was going to teach this afternoon. And so I have showed up, and I've got the Word of God on my app on my phone, and I read some of it, and we're going to talk about it. And when I came up to campus, and I was like, I'm just going to go sit in the library, kind of read through some things and figure out what I'm going to do. And I'm sitting in there, and y'all, I want y'all to know that I'm old school, okay? Do you guys know they have computers in there now? <laughs> See, when I went to school, we still had the cards with the Dewey Decimal System. And we had to read the card, and you can go up, you know, the 900th floor or whatever and look for the book, and it's not there. And you go down and tell the, tell the dude or the lady at the desk, you're like, hey, this isn't there. And it's not checked out because the computer that you check the card against the computer with a dot matrix printer, you know what I mean? You check that, and it says that it's here. It's not checked out. And she goes, uh uh-huh. And that's it. That's my story. That's how the library used to work. They have, the, they have the card catalog. You look through the card catalog, and it makes you want to drive. You just go insane, and you find the thing. Oh, yeah, okay, it's there. It's over there. Great. Then you check it against the computer. You go get it. It's not there. And then you fail your class. You want to know why? Because there's no Amazon Prime. <laughs> there is no, there's no uh, what do you call it, uh, a Kindle version. No such thing as a Kindle. We were on flip phones. We thought that was cool. Actually, we had the brick phones, the AT&T brick phone. Flip phones weren't there yet. If you could afford a Motorola Razor, you were like, you were like really jamming, you know what I mean? That was a word for my day, jamming, along with rad. Um, so anyway, things, things change. Now I'm pretty old school. We used to keep ourselves busy by doing all sorts of uh, ridiculous things. One of my favorite was uh, I lived in Butler Hall. I've told you that before. Is Butler Hall still there? Yeah. Is, is it as awesome as it was back then or is it terrible? It's unfortunate. Okay. Well, I'm probably one of the reasons that it is unfortunate. Uh, we spent a lot of time in the dorms, and one of my favorite things that we did is we found an old exercise ball, you know, the kind of squishy, like, sit-at-your-desk exercise balls. It was an old yellow moldy one, and it was in the, um, it was in the trash can. And uh, then we had an Evil Knievel helmet and rollerblades. Okay? So we would get in the hallway... And you had to make, and everybody would line the hallway and open slap you in the chest. And you had to, if you could make it all the way down to the end, there was one dude holding the moldy, medicine, uh, moldy exercise ball and they would crank you in the face. And if you could survive all that, you win. No one ever won. 
And we modified that to where we would take and hit golf balls at you too while you were, while you were coming down in, uh, in the hall. So they had to replace the carpet in the second floor there. There were a few divots. Um, we drove our hall director crazy. But we never did anything illegal technically other than destroying public property. Um, and uh, we, we did the trick where you put, you know, a wallet out on the sidewalk with a piece of fishing line. That was always fun. Every time someone goes to pick it up, you pull it. We thought that was awesome. Um, so we were old school. We had to have fun in different ways. You know, we had actual phones, like hardwire phones in our dorm rooms in uh, really bad cable TV that didn't really work. And that, that was our lives. We were the first dorm, Butler Hall, first dorm to have internet. Every room had internet. And so that was awesome. It was dial-up. Uh, that was below average. And we also drilled holes through the floor. Probably incriminating myself. I hope nobody's really listening to this. I, I think I'm past the statute of limitations. But uh, we drilled holes in the floor and ran our own networking wires so that we could play um, 007 uh, on our computers, you know, with one another. And then we got industrial-sized rubber bands. We would take our actual telephones and rubber band them to our head. So we could talk to one another. We'd do a little conference call, you know. Pretty awesome. We also played that first Star Wars game, whatever that one was called. I can't remember the first computer Star Wars game on the PC. It was really awesome. So that's how we old school had fun. And that has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> Other than I just really, you know, when I, when I sat in the library and I saw that there was no more card catalogs, I was like, what does this world come to? How dare they put things in order and make things make sense? The old way was much better. You had no idea what was going on ever, and you learned way, way less. If you, got your, if you have your Bible with you, let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 through 9. 1 Peter 5, 5 through 9. I'm going to read through parts of it, and then I'm going to stop and pick out a few things. It's going to be a short message, but I think it's going to be something that we do need to hear this evening. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. Uh-oh. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Now, all of that sounds a little bit kind of deflating. What do you mean humble, humble yourself? And what does it mean to, 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 to come under the authority of your elders? Well, really to humble, humble ourselves to God and to humble ourselves in this way is to submit to his calling and to be of service to God. That's really all that humble yourself means. It means take on the character of Christ. Take on the identity of Christ. You hear me talk about that all the time. Take on the identity of who God says that you are. Rather than being prideful and trying to be whatever all of this out here says that you're supposed to be, or whatever you think that, 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 that you can be out of your own strength, humble yourself and come under the instruction of God. And you might say to yourself, I'm tired of listening to you talk about that, Ben. You keep telling me that I need to be about God's business and do all of these things. How am I supposed to do that? What about my life? Like, what about paying the bills? What about getting a career? I'm here to go to school so that I can get educated and so that I can get a job and so that I can have a career. I can eventually maybe have a family and provide for that family and, and, and make something out of myself. So you keep telling me to submit to God. You keep telling me to, to, to abandon my whole life and all of my principles and all of my ideas to submit to God. How does that work? 
Well, let's look at verse seven. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Because God cares for you. You see, all those anxieties, all those worries, all those ideas about what am I gonna do tomorrow? What's coming next? Is it wrong to think about those things? Of course it isn't. Is it wrong to make plans? Of course it's not. But Proverbs 3, chapter 5 tells us to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. And so we submit to God all of those things, not so that we don't do them anymore. Like what, you're like a mathematician or something, right? Yeah, so you want to be an actuary or something like that? Some sort of brillionaire or whatever? Some guy who knows some stuff, who can fix some stuff because he did some stuff, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Submit that to God and find out how that can be part of God's work. You see, not everybody has to be called to a vocational ministry or to the mission field in the Congo in order to serve God. And so cast all those cares and come humbly under the plan of God for wherever he's going to have you. You want to be an engineer? To the glory of God, be an engineer. Invent stuff and do the thing that you do and make things and draw pictures that other people have to make things off of that they read and they get confused and you're like, hey, this is easy. Look, it's just this thing. What's wrong with you? Right? Be the best engineer that you can possibly be and do it to the glory of God. There's a company out of San Antonio. It's called Southwest Exteriors. And all they do is refurbish the outside of homes. It's kind of like a remodel, but they don't actually change the floor plan. They just put on siding, put a new roof on, make it look not terrible, put some shutters on, new front door maybe, something like that. That's what they do. And they advertise. They advertise on the radio. They advertise on some local um, cable TV stations. And you know what their advertisements are about? Their advertisements are about, they, they give testimony and they tell stories of how they connected with people for the glory of God. And they spread the message of love. And right at the end, they say something, hey, we're Southwest Exteriors, check it out. You know, they have taken something that is, that they've built and they're taking it and honoring God with it. And so to humble ourselves before God and to submit ourselves to him is to take all of those plans and lay them at his feet and put our trust into him and allow him to make our pathways straight. Does that make sense this evening? So when you get frustrated hearing all this like lofty talk about making our lives about the gospel, again, remember that yes, you may be called to be a, you know, a, a pastor of a church of 10,000 people or a pastor of a church of 100 people or you might be called to be a missionary or a youth minister or whatever the case may be. But keep in mind that that calling is no greater or lesser than a calling to be an accountant. Because if we understand who God is and what he's done for us, we know that we carry the torch of the gospel into any and every circumstance. And so I encourage you to carry that with you. And we practice that now by carrying that into our classrooms. Does that mean abrasive, argumentative, annoying crap? No, that's not what that means. That means love and care and the true message of the gospel that he's come to redeem all of us. At the church over there, Cypress Creek Church, which is the parent for this ministry, we finally, after it seems like 20 years, 
we got a new shipment of pins. Right? Our pins have been horribly 90s for so long. They're just terrible. Right? And on it, it says, it's real simple. It's a black pin. It's a click pin because you got to have the click pin if you're going to be a cool kid. Right? And it has white letters on it. It says Cypress Creek Church. And then on the little part that you put in your pocket protector, it says John 3.17. For God did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Jesus. That's a Ben Kioski paraphrase. Okay? (laughs) Right? And so that's what we want to do. We want to carry that gospel of redemption. Not, not the word of condemnation, not the word of rules and religion that is dead and is against us, but the message of freedom and redemption that Jesus offers us. We carry that everywhere we go. And we have to take that up in us by humbling ourselves, right? And casting our cares upon the Lord for our identity. What does it say? Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. He loves you. He loves me. He loves everybody on this campus. And the result of you carrying the gospel into your classroom is up to God. We don't have to worry about that because he cares for us, right? And the result of us submitting ourselves to the work of the Father is up to him. And he cares for us, so we don't have to worry about it because he loves us. He can handle all the details of your life. He can handle all of that stuff. He created all of this stuff. It was all his idea. You know, higher education was not the idea of Socrates and Pluto and whatnot and so on. That wasn't their idea. (laughs) It was God's idea. He gave to you reason and understanding. He gave to us science to confirm that which God already knows. He gave to us all of those things so that we would have means to carry forth the gospel and the message of redemption to all people in all circumstances. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. A couple weeks ago, when we were out here last, I talked about being holy, remember? In the the first part of 1 Peter. And talked about having a sober mind. We are alert and we're sober-minded when we wash our thoughts and our intentions with the truth. You see, the enemy, he wants to mess you up. He wants to put anything in your way. Did you know that the enemy does not care if you know Jesus? You want to know why? Because he knows who Jesus is too. Right? He knows that God is real. He knows that Jesus died on the cross. And he knows that Jesus conquered death. And he can see the writing on the wall. He knows that he loses He's not omniscient like God is. And he's not eternal in the way that God is. But he knows that he loses. And so he wants to mess you up along the way, trip you up. If you know about Jesus, fine. But as long as he can keep you quiet, as long as he can distract you from being about the Father's business, what he's doing is he's devouring you and gobbling you up into the black hole into the darkness of complacency. And let me tell you, a complacent life for those of us who have met Jesus and know Jesus and have a desire to follow Jesus, when we allow ourselves into that complacency, 
It's a miserable life, my friends. I've been there. I'm not preaching at you. I'm talking with you because I've been there. And I have a suspicion that some of us have been there too. Anybody? I mean, I've been, I've been there more than once in my life. I'm a thoroughly old guy now, right? And complacency is a miserable place, miserable place because you know and I know that God has an incredible plan for your life. And there are divine appointments and contacts with people who have not met Jesus yet that he set up for you. And he wants that for you, not to use you as a pawn, but because he loves you and he wants, to, he wants to, you to experience what it's like to celebrate with the angels when someone comes to know Jesus and their life is changed and rescued from destruction. But remember that the enemy is not, there's something we need to remember about the enemy. One, he's not everywhere. Satan himself is not overly concerned with you as an individual. He's concerned with distracting people at large from God. And guess what? He's got a lot of practice. See, he's not creative. He's just experienced. So keep in mind, as we continue to read, that the enemy wants to mess you up. And once we become alert and sober through practicing the things of God, which we talked about a couple weeks ago, if you missed that, then you can check it out on the podcast if you want to listen to it. But once we've worked on doing that, then we can resist him. It says in verse 9, resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. You see, I didn't just make that up. The enemy has experience. He's trying the same tricks on everybody else that's trying to follow Jesus. Same, same old tricks, maybe different context, maybe different, different culture. And so what we need to do is we need to submit ourselves to God. We need to humble ourselves to purposing every effort that we have in our lives toward being about the Father's business. Which is what? What's the Father's business? Anyone? Love? What else? Forgiveness. Humility. My favorite word that I say over and over and over and over, reconciliation. And I know that because the Bible tells us, I can't pull up the reference in my mind right now because I'm a bad reference memorizer. But the Bible tells us that I can't remember what I was going to say. Reconciliation. The Bible tells us that God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That's what Jesus came to do, was reconcile people back to the Father through his death on the cross and his conquering of the grave. And that's the ministry that we're given through, empowered by the Holy Spirit, to take up that ministry of reconciliation. Okay, that's the Father's business, reconciliation. He reconciles us continually, and he wants us to be part of reconciling others back to him. That's the Father's business. That's what we need to be about. Is everybody with me? Sweet. We got some yeses. We got some head nods. We got some huh. Let me tell you, it's a wonderful, wonderful ride to follow Jesus. It's a wonderful, wonderful ride. I told you that I'm old school, right? Remember that part at the beginning? Well, 
when we got bored and there was nothing to do, we didn't have, you know, GPS on the iPhone. We didn't even, we didn't have anything like that. And as is the case with college students, you know, some of us have cars, some of us don't. There was a group of us when I was in school here, and we would open my atlas because I was the only one who had one. An atlas, do you know what that is? It is a book with maps. That's what an atlas is. It has words. There's some numbers on there, like a compass. Does everybody know what a compass is? Okay, yeah. All right, good. Um, and we would, we would, you know, draw a circle that was within like two and a half hours. And then, you know, do the thing where you just point and then you go there, right? And I was reminded because I went to College Station today and on the way back on Highway 21, just about, just about an hour and 45 minutes outside of town here, on Highway 21, there's like a burger joint there on the right. And we had done the point thing and we'd gone out to one of the towns that's close to there. I don't remember the name of it, but I drove by that burger joint and it sparked this memory, something that I'd totally forgotten about. And because we were bored, we could have chosen to go to X, Y, and Z party, which was an option, or to do, you know, go down to the square, which was an option, or to do whatever else it was we could have filled our time with. But instead we went on what we ended up calling a ministry trip. And we just drove and we prayed on the way, hey God, just make this something significant for us. And we drove and we drove and we drove and we never really had any encounters with anybody, stopped at a couple of gas stations, kind of drove around, looked for some people, never really talked to anybody, never really did anything. And like, okay, we'll just get some food and go home. Bunch of losers, we're losers, right? And so we walk into this, um, into this restaurant and the only people in there um, are the people working there, obviously, and then a table of uh, high school seniors. They're sitting there. There's like six or eight of them or whatever, and we kind of sat next to them, and we are just talking, and we were talking about Jesus and stuff, and they were kind of looking at us weird, and then one of, them, one of them asked us a question, and we started talking, and they looked up to us because we were college students. That's a thing, I guess, if you're in college and high school students think you're cool, you know? So... Um, they started talking to us and long story short, we just told them what we were doing and why, and they couldn't wrap their minds around it. And after about an hour and a half conversation, there was a couple of them, the way I remember, there was at least two, and I think maybe another that decided to give their lives to Jesus that night, right? That's being about the father's business. Now, I'm not saying that to say, hey, I did everything right when I was in school, but that time, that night we did, (laughs) you know? So let's be about the Father's business. Do something that is based on being about the Father's business. Actively. Come up with something. Think about something. It doesn't have to be what I just said. I mean, that's a little weird because nobody has an atlas. You know, wouldn't expect you to do that. But, I mean, maybe take a chance. Maybe instead of spending that time playing the video game, um, you know, for eight hours a day, Maybe take a couple of those hours and spend some time praying for people in the quad or down on the square or at your apartment complex or in your dorm or whatever. You know, maybe do something that that has something to do with the Father's business. Maybe take two seconds, five seconds with permission out of your study group that you go to and just be like, hey, can I pray for you guys? And just pray. Let them know that God loves them and that you care about them too, you know? That's how we start conversations. Do you know that we start conversations by actually starting conversations, not by putting that as our 
role on our status, on our profiles and social media? Conversation starter. No, you're not. You're just a person who thinks you're smart. That's how we start conversations, is we actually start conversations. Okay, I'm rambling at this point. So, what I want us to do is to remember that passage in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 through 9. Okay, and I want us to remember to be humble and to cast our anxieties upon the Lord, remembering that the enemy is trying to trip us up. And as we submit ourselves to the Lord and make everything in our lives about the Father's business, He will make our path straight as we submit to Him. Amen? All right, let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for each of these students here. I ask you to um, teach us through your Holy Spirit what it means to follow you. Father, I pray that whatever, whatever words that I spoke tonight, whatever, whatever these folks have heard, or maybe somebody who's in earshot of this, this PA system would hear that uh, you love them, God. And that you care deeply for each person. You know them better than they know themselves. Thank you that you know me. Thank you that you know all of us. And Father, show us how to follow after you. Show us how to love the way that you love. Teach us your ways, God, so that we can walk in them. Teach us how to hide your word in our hearts so that we can make our paths straight as we follow after you and submit to you. Thank you, God, that you're safe and that you're trustworthy and that you love us. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen.